Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Red Herring Podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joshua. And we are your hosts of the Red Herring Podcast. Each episode, we'll be picking a theme and ruminating on it for a short while. There'll be a few quizzes thrown in, our very own Grill the Herring quiz, and perhaps some surprise guests along the way. We hope you enjoy. So, one more thing I would like to add is that fan mail should be sent to redherringspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you can email us via the given address. Right then, let's get started. We are massive F1 fans, and so we thought that we would do episode two about Formula One. Fantastic. So to start us off, uh, we will talk about our experiences of F1, I guess, um, who got us into it, uh, our first memories of it, um, maybe our motorsport generally. Well, yeah. And we'll talk about the, the history, a little about the different eras of Formula One, when it started. Perhaps you're listening and you don't know anything about F1, you're thinking, oh, not sure about this, but uh, we'll put you on the right track. So definitely listen in. Don't stop listening now. So um, and then and then we'll move on to our first memories about it and uh, what got us into it, what keeps us going. Um, as at any sport, people find they they you know find times when they don't you know like the sport so much, and then other times when they get back into it. Um, so let's uh, let's start with you, Joshua. What, what did you? How did you get into F1? Well, you're a huge F1 fan. That is um, true. Well, that I, is true. I can't deny that. Well, I guess you got me into it. I've always loved that picture where um, I'm as a baby or like a one-year-old and you've got me sitting on your desk in front of the computer watching a 2009 race. I uh, love that, that photo. That's true. Yeah, there. I have to admit to that. I think you were about one month old then. Yeah. Uh, who was driving um, I think it might have been Sutil. No, I think it was a Honda. I think it was... Um, Button? I think it was Takuma Sato. Wait, no, Button was Braun then. So... Takuma Sato? Yeah. Ah, okay. So, um, that's interesting. So, what you're saying is, I guess you've kind of always always known about it. Well, yeah. You, you've you just always had it around me. I, I never really got into it. It's funny because I... Although I've always been a fan, I've always watched it... From the age of about twelve or thirteen, I'd say. Yeah. I I didn't expect you to be a fan. Did you not? No, I mean, some sports like football. You know, dads introduce yeah. their sons to football, and then their sons get into it, support the same team, and it's yeah. just like a real, it's like a generational thing, and it carries on. Um, but I didn't kind of, I didn't really assume that would happen with you. I just thought, yeah. I I like it, so I'll just watch it, and if you want to watch it with me, then great. Yeah. So, well, I have watched it with you. It is great. It's a great sport. So, did you ever... Was your dad a Formula One fan? Uh, no. No, he wasn't, actually. Um, yeah, Grandpa was quite quite indifferent about it. He, he, would, he would sometimes wander into the lounge and sort of watch it for a few minutes. Yeah. And... Um, 
you know, I think uh, my memory of him is once we he used to when I watched in the era era of um, Gerhard Berger yeah. and Jean Lacy. Yeah. Uh, I think they were at Ferrari, and and he'd sort of come in and and say, oh, I see cheeseburgers winning again. <laughs> oh, is that what his nickname was for? So, yeah, Gerhard Berger. Gerhard Berger was cheeseburger. Nice. Um, so that was quite funny, but um, I I, I suppose I really. One of my earliest memories, actually, in my life was um, was actually careering down a hill uh, where we first lived when I was three or four. Yeah. And it was on the hill. But the house was on a big, steep hill. Nice. And we had a... I remember this yellow plastic trike. <laughs> and it was just, just... That was one of my first memories. Really? Is careering down the pavement on this plastic trike, which made a <laughs> made a massive noise. It's like really noisy thing, <laughs> and the, the the thrill of 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 bombing down the road, down the hill on this thing was I love just that word bombing. Just yeah, just no, stayed with me. That would have been fun. So, that's kind of one of my earliest memories. Is it? And then when I was um, when I was at, sc- at secondary school, I went to um, Poulton's Park with a with a friend of mine for yeah. his birthday. And that was the first time I'd driven a petrol go-kart. Really? And they weren't very fast. They were yeah. quite heavy. Yeah. But, but, but How that, fast were they? It was literally just a round. It was like, like a circle. Like track. 10 miles per hour. Yeah. And it was really quite slow. Yeah. But, but I remember that was the first time I'd actually properly driven something on four wheels. Yeah. And I just thought, this is fantastic. I want to do that again. Yeah, that's that's what I felt the first time I went go karting. Well, we went together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was in a ju- junior kart. A cadet kart. Yeah, and um, twenty miles per hour, quite fast. That's right. Yeah. It was probably maybe near thirty actually. Was it? The adult carts were quite near thirty. Mm. I don't know how fast the child ones were. Well, maybe we'll get on to that later. Yeah. But. I, so the next the next thing I, I remember really is that I, I think I pestered mum and dad if I could go on a, a cart camp. Ooh, so this is like that a, would have been fun. This is like a whole week where you'd go away. Did you go on it on a summer holiday camp? So it's a Scripps Union cart camps, and I went away uh, and uh, on that for a week. Did you? You turned up. You had you had a tent. It was like camping. Yeah. And then they had a cart track at this place in Norfolk. Yeah. And when I got there, the first day, you kind of meet everybody, you and your yeah. team. And the next day, you go into the workshop, and there's your cart in a box, in bits. Really? So you're sitting there going, all right, okay, so I've, I've got to make my cart, right? Fun. I would love to do that. So so we had to spend about three days <gasps> cool. as, a, as a team, you know, making about five of as us. As a team? There were four or five of us in my team. Yeah. And then you'd, you'd make the cart learn how it works, put it together, test it, and then race it. Oh, nice. And it was, it was, it was fantastic. It was I a, would have loved that. It was. I think you would. I mean, I think a lot of boys probably would. Yeah. And it was really, really good because in the evenings and in the mornings, you know, we talked about the Bible. We looked at the Bible together mm-hmm. and, you know, we talked about what it was saying. Um, and then we'd have video nights as well and trips out to places. And we went to a f- an, an, an F3, a motor racing um, workshop where they were preparing a racing car. Because yeah. um, Norfolk has a lot of a lot of F3 racing tracks. teams, actually. A, mo- a lot of motorsport is based in Norfolk. It's got a lot, it? a lot of teams oh. up there. Um, 
So, yeah, and then obviously parallel to that, I was watching Formula One. So, you know, I started watching when it was the era of Senna, Mansell. Prost, and yeah, Mansell. And it was very, very, um, that was quite a, quite a golden era, some people say. Oh, you know, yeah. It was a real sort of, when technology was just beginning to come into the cars with electronics, um, in, in, in increasing. Would you have radios in the car then? They did have radios, I think, yes. Yeah. But they were they were pretty basic. Yeah. And it was it like was, pit now, box yeah. now. And they did have cameras. They did have cameras on the car. Oh nice. So you did have these sort of crackly, fuzzy pictures of oh, this yeah. car bombing around the track. Um and so that was it was really raw and that was I guess that was part of the appeal was this um rawness to the sport and that's what really got me excited about it was that the, the cars looked you know fairly stable and fast on the tv yeah but then the pictures from inside the car were so like the car would shake a lot wouldn't it yeah yeah and suddenly you got this idea that actually what they're doing inside the car is is really intense yeah and i hadn't really appreciated that much before that so that was really, yeah, that was my entry into the sport. Yeah. How about you? What was your first memory? Well, my first ever chance of seeing a proper F1 car was, well, going to Goodwoods. But going that back, when did you first, when did you first really get into, well, you remember watching it regularly? Remember watching it? Well, um, that was 2016, Nico Rosberg. He was the first, well, I wasn't, I didn't really see Hamilton dominating that much, but Rosberg for me beating this Hamilton guy who I knew as a fast amazing racer I just thought that was amazing so Nico Rosberg for me was one of the first real drivers who I just thought wow and then I was like I want to watch this and so for 2016 I was absolutely captivated I just wanted to watch every race and I was like oh this is cool and I was quite surprised that you were yeah that you were that caught by it you know i don't remember being that caught by it maybe yeah. i was maybe i was at 12 um but yeah you you just lapped it up and and it was the characters wasn't it It was the drivers and the yeah. characters it's not just about the cars is it it's about the characters um in the sport so what was it about nico that you that you felt he's the guy i want to root for well i don't know really i just saw him as this cool guy who managed to beat Hamilton? I just knew Hamilton is a quite quick, fast racer, and I knew he was re- very good. I could tell that from like nine, ten. But um, but I just thought Nico Rosberg was brilliant. I don't know why. I just I just thought he was quite cool. Because they're very different characters. Yeah, they are. Nico and Lewis Hamilton. They're very different. And the fact they were teammates. It gave a quite a lot of tension between them. Mm. I think that's one of the one of the uh, intriguing aspects of Formula One is just that is is that the fact that it's a sport where you have different teams, but you have just two people, two drivers in yeah. each team, and that can create some really dynamic things that go on each season. Some sometimes they get on brilliantly, um, like Carlos Sainz and, and Lando, Lando Norris. Norris. Yeah. Yeah, that's they, exactly who I was thinking yeah, of just now. They just get like they just get on like a, 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 a you know like schoolboys, you know. It's, they have such a, a fun time. 
Um, and then you get people like, yeah, Nico and Lewis, who are who so... Who are completely opposites. Yeah, and you just think, how are these guys going to... How How's that going to work? Yeah. And, of course, sometimes it doesn't work. Mm, like Spain, 2016. <laughs> I love that race. <laughs> I don't remember that right, so well. What was do that? you not? Right at the start, what was it, like, turn four, Nico... Hamilton gets on the grass, spins, smashes into Rosberg, um, and they both go off. And they both go out. Max Verstappen ends up winning. And that wasn't the first the, time they Ma- crashed. That was, no, it wasn't. But just to comment on that, Max Verstappen, that was his first ever win, and it was his first ever time in a Red Bull car. He won on his Red Bull debut. So he just switched teams from That's Toro right. Rosso to Red Bull. To a new yeah. new front-running team. And yeah, he, he and he won on his first race. On his first debut race. Yeah. yeah. So that was special. That was amazing. That was a pretty... That was Which a memorable is another race. reason why, after Nico Rosberg quit the sport and then started supporting Verstappen. So, was that your first memorable race, do you think? Yeah, that was. Okay. Yeah. Also, Abu Dhabi 2016. That was quite a thriller. Spain 2016 and Abu Dhabi, I can remember what, quite well. What was the Abu Dhabi one? That was um, the showdown between Nico and Lewis. Oh, oh they, no, how can I forget? They, they were like three or four points between them. Nico, if they, if one of them finished first or second, if they were had a 1-2, if Nico won, he would win the championship. If Lewis won, he would win the championship. That's right. I remember. I remember and us both on the edge. Yeah, of the I know. Sofa. I know. We were. Li- I've never, apart from World Cup football, you know, semi-finals. I have never been on the edge of my seat, and you were the same. We were yeah. just sitting there going, "Come on, Nico! Come on, Nico!" And yeah, and also, and he was getting closer and closer yeah, to Nico as the laps were, towards the end of the race. Lewis was catching and catching and catching. No, a- no, actually, Lewis was in the lead. It wasn't that. It was Lewis the, was that's in the, the lead, guys, yeah. and then he was trying to. Nico was right behind him. He was trying to push Nico backwards. Well, not backwards, but yeah. like he was slowing down enough for the guys behind to catch him up. And within the last five, six laps, you had like Vettel, Ricardo, Verstappen on the back of Lu- on the back of Nico trying to pass right. him. So Lewis was being quite canny, and yeah, he was he, he was he slowing that, the pace so that Nico. Yeah. Others might overtake Nico, he and then the that, points would go to yeah. Lewis. He he knew that if Rosberg finished third, the championship would go to him. So he was really being quite canny there, yeah, as you yeah. said. Yeah. He knew that that was his only chance to try and stop Nico finishing on the podium. Oh, we we could talk about races like that all, all day. day couldn't yeah, we? we'd better move on now. Right then, now it is time for our Grill the Herring quiz. Right then, let's get started. So, I will be grilling you first, won't I? Uh, I believe so, yeah? Yes. Okay. So I've got my questions here, ready for you. Yeah, far away. And here is question one. Oh dear, it's getting warm here. Right, ready? Here's question one. I'm ready. Yeah, ready? This is an opinion question, so there's no right or wrong answer. Okay. If you could change anything about Formula One, what would it be? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I would actually make it into a two-race weekend. Would you? 
and I would do what they do in F2 oh, racing. Yeah. Where they swap the grid. Where they swap the grid. So you have, you have a qualifying. How would the score? How would the points systems work for that? It'll be the same. Same. But you have your qualifying okay. for the first race. Yeah. You do the first race, and then you switch it re- round. Reverse the grid mm. according to who how they finish that the first race. That could be race. cool. I just think that would be a good way in the modern era to mm. try and get races yeah. who are further down the grid to actually show what they're capable of yeah. up front because at the moment if you if you qualify near the back you nearly always stay towards the back whereas if you reverse the grid for the second race like the F2 guys do yeah it's M- much more drivers more, get a chance of winning it's just more interesting yeah it's a lot more interesting right then so um here's the second question this is a second opinion question right if you be- could become the manager of an F1 team and you could pick any two drivers, past or present, for your team, who could it be? Okay. Oh, that's a, you, you, know how to, you know how to ask them, don't you? Yeah. Oh. Well, actually, I read this one in one of my magazines. Okay. I got okay. the idea from one of my magazines for this question. Okay. I would go for Juan Pablo Montoya. Ooh who was just the most wonderful, spectacular driver you could, you could watch. And I've seen him race. I saw him race. Yeah. Um, and he, he was just such a character, you know, just just really went for it. His very flamboyant style of yeah. driving, you know, his way of, of throwing the car around and controlling it was just a joy to watch. He was and a bit he, like Verstappen racing, wasn't he? he? Yeah, imagine a Verstappen, but a Verstappen who... Who, who really throws the car around a bit more. Oh, yeah. And likes to sort of make, make the grip lose, you know, lose the grip a bit more. He was just really, really fun guy. Okay. And he loved racing. And then the other guy would have to be, um, I think, Alan Prost. Alan Prost? Because Alan Prost, I, I think Alan Prost is my kind of, my kind of racer. Is he? Yeah. You know, he was very, very... Um, Calm and methodical about the way he went about racing. Yeah. So he, he 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 loved getting his head around what the car was doing, and then tweaking the car, just making sure everything was set up really well. Oh yeah. Um, and then just going out and just destroying everyone. Oh yeah. So that that's those two those two would be a real. Would they? Would they be they, a good mix? Well, I was just thinking that. They, I guess that that those are the guys I'd go with with my heart. You know, they're okay. the other guys yeah. I'd. I'd choose with my heart. Maybe with my head, I might choose a different pairing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right, ready for the next question? Yes. This one is a factual question, so you'll have to know your facts for this. Okay. On one occasion, four drivers have gone into the final race of the season with a chance of being crowned world champion. Which year was this? And bonus point, who were the drivers? I'm going to... Say so. I need to name five drivers. Well, that's for a bonus point. Four drivers went into the season, into the final race of the season, with a chance of being world champion. Okay. I've, I'm... You get a bonus point for the drivers and just a normal point for team for the year. That's really hard. Is it? Well, it was in your lifetime, so you should know it. Oh. It wasn't that long ago, actually. Okay. I'm gonna go for. Well, it was in my lifetime too. I'm going to go for. Um, I'm going to go for the, the the era when Red Bull were doing well. So I'm okay. going to go for Vettel, Mark Webber, 
um, Kimi Raikkonen and Fernando Alonso. Okay. And what what year was, would this be? What, what year? It's a bonus point for the drivers. Ah, okay. What year so would I'm, it be? I'm thinking. So the year is the main part of the question. I'm thinking. Drivers is bonus. 2014. Okay. That is. Well, the year is. Ah. I'm afraid wrong. It was 2010. Come on, wasn't that far out? And the. Four years out? Yes, it was the Red Bull era. The drivers Yay. were really close. The only one driver you got wrong so, was Raikkonen. So, so, who did I get right? I said Vettel. So, Vettel is right. Weber is right. Ooh. Alonso is right. All right. Raikkonen is wrong. It was, in fact, Lewis Hamilton in 2010. Yes. Very good, okay. Right then, are you ready for the next question? I think so. Here's question four. Which country out of Abu Dhabi, Japan and Australia has decided the championship the most times? So Japan, Abu Dhabi and Australia? And Australia, yeah. I'm going to go for Australia. It is actually Japan. Japan? Yes, Japan. Oh. Okay. Right, here's my final question for you. Which month is the earliest a championship has been decided in? So a championship has been decided in an early month in the year. Which month was this? The earliest okay. month I, a championship's I, been decided. I'm confident this is going to be a Schumacher era. Okay. I'll, get, I'll give you a bonus point for the I driver. I think it's going to be Michael Schumacher. Okay. And it's going to be... 2003. Oh, that was really close. Oh, but not good enough. It was actually 2004 in July. That is so early in the season, right? I forgot the month. French Grand Prix, July. Fair enough. That July? Yeah. Before the summer Before break? Before the summer break. That's crazy. I know. I bet everyone went off. I bet everyone went off. I bet everyone went off on their summer holidays. Completely. Yeah, probably not wanting to watch the next half. Thinking, oh, why why am I bothering turning up for for the rest of the season? She has already done this. The guy was too good. But I'll I'll tell you something about about Schumacher. Yeah. What's that? He. I saw him race twice. Did you? The thing about Silverstone. Yeah, Silverstone both times. Yeah. And and the the first time was I was down at the um, end of the straight. Yeah. Uh, Which straight? The main straight or the straight after Maggots and Beckett? Stoke Corner. Okay. Stoke Corner. And and what was fascinating was I suddenly realised, watching them all come round, that Michael Schumacher was taking a completely different line through the corner to anyone else. And I watched him and I thought, what has he found? What has he found on that line that no one else has found? Yeah. And I, I obviously I, I don't know, but it, there was just something the way he was driving through the corner, and the other Ferrari teammate wasn't doing that. There was something about what he'd found in that corner that was just working for him, and that that to me was a real it's a little thing that that really marks someone out. And you think, mm. okay, there's that's 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 probably 
something you can you can see replicated all other tracks and all other areas of the driver's work yeah. that he did things differently to what other people did yes so amazing, right then amazing driver what are we going to do next well i believe uh, it's now time for me to grill the other herring oh um, okay so um, let's see how this goes see how this goes are you ready for this? Well, I hope so. I've right. done my research. Okay. I'm going to give you an easy starter. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, name your top three race circuits. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Question. Okay. My top three race circuits. Singapore. Brazil, um, Singapore, Brazil, and uh, oh, that's really tricky. Um, oh, I really don't know. Singapore, Brazil. S- Singapore, Brazil, yeah. And then. So um, Brazil's a night race. Yeah. That's good. No, Brazil's not a night race. You said Singapore, right? Yeah, Singapore. Singapore's thing was a night race, and that's yeah. that's cool. Brazil is just a cracking circuit. Yeah. Always gives good racing. I'm gonna say Spa or Monaco for the last one. Spa or Monaco. Yeah. You gotta choose one. Uh, Monaco. Monaco. Okay. You wanna know mine? Yeah. I'm going for Singapore. Yeah. Like you. I'm going for Spa. Yeah. Because it's a long circuit. Yeah. Every type of corner you could think of, every type of hill and camber. Yeah. And Silverstone. And Silverstone. Oh. Just because it's it's the British Grand Prix. It's yeah. where the first Formula One race took place, mm. and it's got such a lot of history. Yeah. And it's a great track. It's a yeah. really really fast track. So um. Yeah. Yeah. There's no okay. marks for that, is there? That's just an opinion question. That was just your easy starter. Right? Oh okay. Uh, the t- the tough ones are coming now. Oh dear. Right, okay, second question. Name as many F1 drivers as you can who have won three or more world championships. Oh dear. Okay, I'll start from the top. Schumacher. Hang on. Okay. Right, so what are we doing? We're doing the best, the, the three drivers that have won three or more world championships. Only three drivers? The three, well, three, yeah, no, ones that have won three championships. Okay, okay, so as many drivers as possible. Yeah. Right, you ready? I'm gonna start from the top. Okay. Schumacher, Fangio, Hamilton, um, Prost. How many? Um, what do you mean how many? How many oh, Pro- four. Uh, Prost, very good. Uh, who else? Oh, Three or dear. More. Have I said Fangio? Yes. Uh,. Senna win three? Getting hot in here. Did Senna win three? He did, didn't he? It's getting hotter. Did Senna win three? Senna? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Senna. Um, who else is there? Who have I not said? Uh, Alan Jones? Oh. Only one for him. Only one? Oh. Uh, Louder. Um, I've got two more on my list. Have you? Oh dear. Uh, Ascari. Uh, 
this is a really hard question. Oh, who else is there? KK Rosberg won one. Um, Damon Hill? No, he won one. You didn't need to do that. That wasn't my answer. <laughs> oh. All right, two more. One of them was an older era and one of them was a modern era. Older era. Modern you. era and old era. I can't believe I'm helping you here. Oh, Vettel! Oh, how could I miss him? Uh, is this one Sebastian more? Sebastian Vettel for all you non-Formula 1 fans. Yeah. Um, is, have I got one more? One more. One more. Oh, dear. Um, this is really difficult. Come on, you cannot forget this one. What do you mean I can't forget this one? I don't know. Clue was there in the accent, but uh, clearly that didn't work. Oh, Jackie Stewart! Oh. Hooray! Have I got all of them? Well, that's all the ones on my list. Oh, great. You haven't researched it then? Yes, I have. Hmm. Right. Okay, next one. That was hard. Name as many father and sons who oh, have yeah. raced in Formula One. Oh, I can do this. Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Go. Nico and Keke Rosberg. Jackson Damon Hill. Who? No, no. Oh, I said Jax. That's Jax Villeneuve. Um, I was thinking. Oh, okay. Bill, yeah, Villeneuve. Probably yeah, The Villeneuves. Um, the Hills. Um, who else is there? That's as far as I know. No, the Sappens. Does, does, does the Sciences count? No. No, because he's not an F1 driver. Um, no, but surely, like, Carlos Sainz Senior and, Su- and Carlos Sainz Junior. I never raced in Formula One. No, but no, but, but Senior was the rally driver. Yeah, it's not Formula One, is it? Yeah, but it's still racing. Surely. Next one. Ah, I don't know any others. Oh, come on. The Ascaris don't count, do they? Antonio Ascari wasn't in F1, was he? No. I don't know. No, he was before F1. Right, you got um, four more. Five, six more. Six more? I don't know. You have to give me some clues. All right. Right, uh, our favourite driver of recent years. Julian. Did did, did the Palmers <laughs> race in... I didn't know Julian's dad raced in F1. Is that, why, is that why they let him in? Because he has a proud history. It's quite possible. That was part of their decision. So, Julian, I Julian I, I Palmer... Never did, I never did understand why Julian Palmer so, got into F1. Yeah, so, Julian Palmer's dad, Jonathan Palmer. Oh, but yeah. he, Jonathan Palmer was much more successful. Was he, had, he? he had four seasons. Oh, I'm not surprised. Julian, I think, had... One. Did it, was it one or two? Yeah, no, I remember the Just time. One. I remember the time where he spun on the outlap. The, no, the warm-up lap. It was like, I don't know, it was like Spain or something, and he spun on the warm-up lap when they were warming their tyres up before the race. It was really funny. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. I'm not surprised he did Alonso that. nearly did that okay. at the Spanish uh, the one. Brabham. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm... you got Jack Brabham. Jack Brabham. And his son, David. Oh, yeah. David Brabham. So David Brabham. I didn't know David Brabham raced. Yeah. Um, he was a teammate of Ronan Ratzenberger. Oh, yeah. When Ratzenberger sadly died. Oh, yeah. At, uh, the same weekend as Senna. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Yang Yan and Kevin Magnussen. Oh, I didn't know Jan Magnussen raced. Kevin, I thought he was a rally driver. No, Kevin Magnussen's dad. Oh, okay. Who else? You've got the Andrettis. Oh, Mario and... Thingy yes. Andretti. Mario and you might redeem yourself here. Mario and 
Michael. Yes. Andretti. I'm impressed. Yes. What uh, else? Oh, Emerson and. Oh dear. I don't know. Emerson and someone. Christian. Oh, I didn't know. Emerson and. And the final ones. These, these are the classic ones. These are. Oh the, yeah. These are great. Yeah. The PKs. Of course. <laughs> Nelson P.K. Junior and Senior. And Nelson P.K. Junior. Oh, yeah. Nelson P.K. Junior wasn't as successful. Le- 20th on the grid most of the time, the less 2009. About, the less said about them, the better, really. Yeah. No, I mean, P.K. was a champion, but Nelson P.K. Junior was a bit of a disaster. Yes. Including, you know about this, don't you? What? When he fixed the race. What's that? Oh, you don't know about that? No. So Nelson P.K. Jr., he was racing for Renault with Alonso. Oh, yeah. Back in 2000. Oh, oh, I know this one. You know this one. He crashed to bring the safety car out in Singapore so that Alonso could win. Correct. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Did I get a bonus point for that? That's like, that's the kind of thing you'd see on the high seas. It's like some kind of pirate thing, isn't it? I'll crash the car deliberately. So my teammate can win. Put people's lives at risk. Wreck a car that someone spent hours building. Just so that my teammate can go and win the race. I mean, it doesn't get much lower than that, does it? Yeah. He could, he couldn't win himself, so he decided to let his teammate. So win. that wasn't very good. Nah. Um. Okay. Question number four. Yeah. Have you got another question? I've got two more. Two more. You've got six. Oh, I only did five. Oh, no, no, I had five. Oh wait, no, yeah. Right, Mercedes. Okay, this is the true or false, right? Oh, okay, I can do true this. True or false? Surely. This right. should be a bit easier than the other ones. Mercedes is the only F1 team that Toto Wolf has worked at. False. So you're saying that's false? Yes. That's right. Yeah. He bought out a share in 2009. Yeah. For Braun. Um, and uh, he left uh, Williams. Mm. He left Williams in 2013. Cool. So he bought a share in Williams in 2009. Yeah. And helped run them. They got their first win for a long time when he was there. Wow. And he left to join Mercedes. Cool. And he has a he owns a third of the team. Does he still? Yeah. Oh. Is that why that some is that why George Russell went to Williams? Because it's he's possibly he has because, because yeah. he's in the Mercedes Junior program. He has links to Williams from the past. Yeah, that might mm. be it. Uh, right, true or false? Right, our last one. Yeah. Right. Is this Dave, the last question? Right. Five. Yeah. David Coulthard holds the record for the most F1 wins without winning the World Championship. No. Wait, actually, I know that um, Sterling Moss has the most second places, um, but he was in an era where not many Grand Prix in a season so I'm actually going to say true to that David Coulthard so you're saying that's yeah because Sterling true. yeah I'm he actually going to I'm actually going to say true to that oh it's oh, false was it Sterling Moss you were so close oh dear it's Sterling Moss so it, oh. with 16 wins oh David Coulthard has 13 wins oh only 13 well, there you go mm, okay interesting so there you are everybody right well done, well done. Good round. Yes, that was very good. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I don't know, I wasn't keeping score with you. Uh, no. no. I can count up your score if you want. I think I think you probably won that one. Oh, thanks. 
So, anyway, onwards, onwards. So, we all love motorsport. Well, us two do. And so, I thought today that I thought we'd discuss, like, the bare bones of motorsport. So, one question I've always thought of is, what does Formula One actually mean? Why is it called that name? So, I hope you know the answer to it. I think I do, yeah. Okay. It basically, um, it's, a, it's a formula. Yeah. A formula is normally an expression of a set of requirements. So, yes. a formula, like a maths formula. Um, it's, it's a formula um, in terms of the size of the cars, the width of the car, um, how high it needs to be. Aerodynamics. Aerodynamic rules. Yeah. Uh, the size of the wheels. There's all sorts of basic rules that are, have to be the same for every car. Yeah. So that's the formula. And it's Formula One because that's the highest, most advanced um, type of racing. It's yeah. the, the highest one. It's number one. And then number two, number three, number four, you get Formula Two, Formula Three. And they generally are, they're less powerful. They're smaller cars. Why Formula 2 and Formula 3, though? Why not Formula, like, I don't know, Formula... Well, they have other ones. Like, like or Formula fe- feeder series, they, I don't they, know. They, they do. They have, like, Formula BMW. Oh, yeah. Formula Ford. True. So there are there are different types. They're, they're called race series. Yeah. Uh, and they're all based around a particular I suppose formula. they just had to call it something, so they just called it Formula yeah, 2 they, and 3. They, yeah, they could have just called it a motor race. Yeah. <laughs> but... But then well, that's what every race But is. then there's different types of racing cars. So yeah. they had to come up with different names for the different types. Yeah. So Formula One, the, f- the first official race was 1950. Yes. At, at Silverstone in Britain. Um, and, um, was it Silverstone? It was. And do you, know, oh. do, you know, do you know why a lot of our race circuits are where they are and why they are there? What do you mean where they are? Well, why, why, are they, why did they build them there? Do you know why? Silver- build them where? Well, do you know why Silverstone is where it is? Well, it's on an airfield. Oh, okay, so on an airfield. Yeah. But isn't that interesting? Why is that? Because it's all flat. Well, yeah, yes, that might be one reason, but it actually goes back to why it started, because when they had their aeroplanes landing and taking off, yeah, they'd have all the air crews, and the air crews would need to get fuel and, and equipment to the planes yeah. and they had, a, they had a road that would f- go around the edge of the airfield oh. and because the airfields often had two if not three runways yeah. the it ro- would be a bit it would be a bit snaking the oh, road yeah. would snake around the edge that's cool and so when the planes came back they'd all bomb off and you know catch up with them and then refuel them take, take the pilots back to their quarters so they decided to have a race so that well they would often have a race oh. the, the, you'll race find, you could get you'll, to the aeroplanes first you'll find that would that's what happened uh, when they were bored and the, and the the planes had gone yeah i expect you'll find some of them had races in their jeeps oh, nice and that's i think that's where the, the idea started really was that yeah they, they, they thought you know this is like this is a cracking little circuit here we can yeah. we should just do something with this so when the war finished yeah. Um, that's what they did, and they started to, to cool. develop, develop really, some of. That's a very good idea. Yeah. If they hadn't done that, we might not have F one today. Well, that's that's one of the reasons F one is quite big in this country. I think. Yeah. Is that we actually we had the infrastructure. We had, we had the idea. We had the it. idea. We had the we had the, the sites, the circuits. Ah, interesting. Um. So. 
I mean, in Italy, they tend to, to they tend to historically race a lot on their roads. Oh yeah. Now we don't we don't do that in this. In, we didn't never used to do that really in this country. Oh yeah. But the Italians seem to really go in for like long races on. on like how on, do you, how do you pronounce it? The Milli Milga. Milli Miglia. Yeah. Yeah. And the like tar- Targa Florio. Targa Florio, yeah. And the, these are races that last for hours. Yeah. They're like you know, and the circuits that the lap is the route is about eighty miles sometimes. Yeah. So Sterling Moss won several of those. Yeah. Um, he was the champion of the Millie Milga. So and they would have a co-pilot because they were, oh yeah because the routes were so long they t- used to have a map and they'd have a co-pilot a co-driver especially for Italy. So they they were really yeah amazing to watch. Yeah. So, there you go. That's the origin of F1. That's the origin of F1. Interesting. And in, in every era, every few, every few years, every 10 years or so, they change the formula. Oh. So you get a particular era. Oh, so era. they change the rules. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, that's what happens. They change the rules. Like they had the Turbo era, and then they had the Vettel era, and now yeah. they have the current era. The, it was the hybrid era. Oh, yeah, the hybrid so era. So the hybrid era is when you've got a mixture of battery-powered engines. Yeah generator motors yeah. and the petrol engine oh yeah and the two of them can can work together cool at the same time and that's that's you know that's the future really isn't it so we've done a bit of racing haven't we well yes we have when did we do that well was that two or three one or two years ago now one um was that we went to Goodwood two years ago, didn't we? We went karting, didn't we? Yeah, we went karting last year to a place in... Where was it? Eastleigh. Yeah, mm. um, called Team Sport. Um, and apparently it's the world's number... Well, England's number one karting um, centre. Yeah, club. they've got quite a few around the country. Yeah. That's right. So... Yeah. Um, you enjoyed that then? Yeah, I loved it. I'd love to go again. Oh, would you? Yeah. Oh, you surprised me. <laughs> well... Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I told you till the day we went, did I? Oh so, no, you didn't. Yeah, I what, remember that day, and you I didn't t- want to. I didn't want to get too excited yeah, you about ca- it. You called me up in the morning to your bedroom, and and you told me, and I was like, <gasps> yes. <laughs> so, what did you enjoy most about karting? Um, well, it was great fun to have proper battles against you. I've played against you on video games before, before that, but um, that was just something different. It was a lot more fun racing you in a proper car. And plus it was my first experience in a real proper car. So what did you um, learn? What did you? What was different about dri- actually driving a, a car with wheels and, and grippy tyres compared to a f- computer game? Oh yeah, game? yeah, yeah. So compared to, so compared to a cu- computer game, the steering is a lot more sensitive on a kart. And also on a computer game... You have to really stick to the racing line, otherwise it will just make you crash. But with karting, you can actually take quite a different line, or you can pick your own line and find your own way around the track. Well, as in computer games, you sometimes have a racing line shown like in green or orange or something. Um, so that's quite a bit different. That is, that's very different. Yeah, and it was boiling as well. I seem to remember. Oh yeah, it, it was, was the ho- it was the hottest day yeah, of the year. It was absolutely sweltering. Yeah. Uh, and if you can remember that hot day in summer last year, that's when we went. Yeah, that was during the heat wave. And yeah. We, I, I, I mean, sometimes the red light would come on. You had to stop. Oh in the, yeah. In the middle then of the race. And you'd really notice the heat. And you'd sit there with this engine right next to your leg, right next to your body, and it was boiling. Oh yeah. 
But one other thing is, like, when you're driving, you don't really notice the heat. You're too much concentrating. Oh, that's that's probably what it's like for the actual for drivers, Formula One drivers. Yeah. That it's like being in a sauna. You know, oh, the, yeah. the heat. Apparently, apparently, <laughs> well, apparently the heat in a Formula One car's cockpit where they sit can get yeah. up to 50 degrees. Wow. Which I is don't know how they manage to bear that. Intense. So they have to be so fit. Yeah. Um, really, really physically fit to, to do that for two hours. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we, you've watched you've watched it on TV. I mean, what about up close? What about seeing cars? So up close? the first time I've seen a Formula One car up close was at Goodwoods. That was two years ago, the year before we went karting. Um, and yeah, I saw some pretty iconic cars there. Um, yeah. What was the most memorable one? Um, well, I can remember Michael Schumacher's one of the 2000 era one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was quite cool. And then also the, um, the I think it was like 2007 or 8 McLaren driven by Lando Norris. Yep. Um, that was quite cool too. Yeah. And also another one that I found quite cool was the, well, it wasn't really the like the car itself, but it it was the livery. I found the two thousand and eight Toyota quite cool. Yeah. I like the livery on that car. Yeah, and the brawn. We saw the brawn. Oh yeah, I I had a photo yeah. up close with the brawn. You went up to we had a good yeah. look at the brawn. I got to touch the steering wheel. Yeah, it was um very simple car. That's yeah. what that surprised me about the brawn was how clean it was incredibly um yeah compared to today's cars yeah i mean uh, it, it that was still the era of aerodynamics in 2009 you know a lot of aerodynamics going on on the car but that's what surprised me up close to the brawn was how how crisp it it, it looks it, it, everything just looked right oh yeah um and that, they didn't have many sponsors on it they didn't no because they that, that really made the car look a lot better i guess that made a big difference to yeah the way it looked true so yeah, that's all good. Right, let's move on. Okay, so we thought we'd end with a bit of fun. Um, there's a, a great book called Motor Racing's Strangest Races, which uh, I've never seen anywhere else. We got hold of it once, and uh, we thought we'd pick out a few little gems from there uh, about strange races. Um, and uh, Josh is going to kick off with the first one, aren't you? Yes. Go for it. So this is not going to be completely about Formula One, these bits. That's um, fine. Well, that's yeah. fine. So it'll be other, before, just before, general motor racing. Well, actually, before 1950, they did do motor racing. It just True. wasn't called mo Formula yeah. One. Yeah. So okay. what's this one then, Joshua? This is... So this is the Targa Florio in Scilly, the 23rd of November, 1919, this race took place. So that's 100 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And what's it called? Chapter... It well, the chapter in the book is called Across the Line Backwards. So I have summarised this chapter okay. into a few bullet let's, points. Let's hear it. Okay, you ready? Brilliant. So the 1919 race of the Tiger Floria was a 67-mile loop on the mountains of Scilly. This was the first race back since WW1, World War One, and it seemed that among the 25 starters, there were some interesting names. Enzo Ferrari was making his racing debut and Antonio Ascari was driving a Fiat. Plus, Andre Boylot was in a Peugeot. Boylot was by far the fastest man on track and the only person who, who could keep up with him was René Thomas driving an Indianapolis ballot car. 
He crashed, leaving Boylot a lead of about half an hour. News of his impending arrival reached the fans in the stands and dozens of spectators began to pour onto the track, onto the final lap. As Boylot rounded the final corner on the last lap, he swerved to avoid the well-wishers and spun into the grandstand. The fans started pushing his car back on track until a helpful spectator pointed out that he would be disqualified unless his mechanic didn't do the pushing. They got the car back on the track and he reversed over the line. This time a journalist pointed out that this too was illegal. So Boylock drove back up the road, turned round and had to cross the line again. This wasn't really, well, that necessary. Well, it was necessary for him to win, but he had a lot of time to do it, as the second place man, Antonio Moriandas, in an Italia, finished second, and he was half an hour adrift. Half an hour? Yes. He was a very good racer there, that Frenchman, Andre Boylot. That shows you how long a race it was. Yes. That the second place man was... And Yeah. Wow, okay. And also... One other thing I'd like to point out is Enzo Ferrari's debut he made and he finished 12th in his first ever debut and there were 47 cars competing. That's not bad. That is not bad for a debut. Not bad at all? No. That's not shabby. No. Great. Well, that's a good one. Right. Yeah, so let's move on to the second crazy race that we've managed to... Right, so we've we've, we've dredged up one from... 1925, June of 1925, at Spa in Belgium. So this is the European Grand Prix. So um, 12 cars were meant to start. But when the Sunbeams and the Gubos pulled out, that left four Delages against three Alphas. And when all of the Delages eventually retired, and, uh, and one Alpha, it left the Alphas of Ascari and Campari and the Italian team decided to rub it in, the Italians' uh, superiority, by having lunch laid out in the pits for their two remaining drivers. And the race finished Ascari first, of course, and Campari second. So that's, um, well that, that's taking the mickey, isn't it? Yeah, Come I know. On. I mean, can, you, I know. can you imagine Max Verstappen just having, having a quick picnic in the pits, <laughs> you know, in the pit lane? Or, or if you, or, like, or if you see, or or like the in, or you, like what Ferrari could have done at the um, United States Grand Prix, um, when Micklin couldn't guarantee the um, tire. Um, yeah. Assurance. Michelin, Michelin, yeah, couldn't, Michelin couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. Yeah, their tires. They yeah, weren't their sure tires about weren't good enough. Whether they'd last and so on the bank. So you just had like six cars taking part in the race. If you can imagine. Barrichello and Schumacher coming in the pits for a picnic. You you'll kind of get the picture. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't go down very well, would it? No. So. What's the final one we've got then? Final we've one got... we've got here is the Le Mans twenty four hour race, nineteen thirty three. And the chapter in this book is called the Le Mans victory sealed by chewing gum. So let's start. Okay. When Alpha, Romeo that is, announced their driver pairing of Tazio Nuvoleri and Raymond Sommer, the world was slightly shocked. 
Sommer would definitely insist on having the lion's share of the driving, as he was more experienced. New Valeri objected and eventually Sommer gave in. They would do equal driving. Tazio and Raymond started off well until just after half distance, when Sommer pulled in with a leak in the fuel tank. The hole was plugged with chewing gum and New Valeri took the wheel as he was apparently more experienced with damaged cars. The pair went on to win and it is doubtful whether Sommer ever questioned New Valeri's driving skills ever again. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yes. Chewing gum, damage, I mean, yeah. The, the cars were quite scary back then, I have to say. Mm. They basically just bolted a metal fuel tank really? on, on the top of the car and, and went racing. Oh, wow. And it was just, it was mad. So if the car crashed, you know, you had a spark and, you know, the car would just go up like a like a fireball. Would that really go up like that? Yeah. Because surely there isn't enough air in the fuel tank for the fire to burn that quickly. Well, the car sometimes would crash so heavily that it would burst the metal oh. tank. And then, of course, it would spark and the heat oh, yeah. and the heat from the engine and the oil and it would just go up. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Formula One has just been so dangerous over the decades. I mean, yeah. today it's it's pretty safe, but occasionally someone still succumbs, you know, you still get an accident. But back then, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, and 60s, it was... It was really dangerous, and someone like Jackie Stewart, you know, eventually retired because he felt it was too dangerous. Yeah. Um, and just it just wasn't you know wasn't worth it really. So there we are. We've had a, a good uh, a good old natter there, a good uh, chat about Formula One, and um, I hope you've learned a few things out there. Uh, you've taken on some some new facts. You can always use it at the, the next pub quiz. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. Not that that be will be for a while. The pub quiz. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, you can enjoy our podcasts in the meantime. Yes. Until next time. Bye for now. Goodbye, people. <laughs> Bye. Mm-hmm.